So hey everybody, this is the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast, and I want to start this off by just saying that um, I think uh, there's quite a few of us who are maybe, to say the least, perturbed, and um, we are maybe a little bit uh, more alert now because of what's on the news and stuff with the the situation in the Middle East, you know, the uh, uh, conflict between uh, Gaza and Israel, and I'm not going to get into all the details on that, you know, but uh, I would just say this, we need to remember that the Lord is in control of this world still, even though uh, Satan certainly has a uh, pretty strong hand in the things that happen, and but two, we must remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we need to remember that uh, as far as the world scale goes and also on the scale of our personal lives, whatever problems we might, we might be having, whether they're uh, financial, mental, or spiritual, emotional, whatever, remember he is in control of all this stuff and you can rely on him. Um, today we will be, uh, actually kind of discussing some of what, uh, you know, or rather something that is, uh, related to, uh, what I just talked about, and it is the subject of the fearful. This is something that I was led to study, uh, after reading, Revelation 21, and we will see that there is a list here of things that will not be in the kingdom of God, and the second uh, category here, I, I believe it's the second right off the top of my head anyway, uh, it just really kind of caught my attention, you know, because it's uh, something that, you know, you might not normally associate with sin, so much, um, because you have other things, you know, we typically think of things like adultery, sorcery, idolatry, and other things, um, as being sin, but yet here we see that the Lord has included cowardice, uh, in this list, so, I will go ahead and actually read the first eight verses of Revelation 21, and I will be reading from the New International Version here. So, um, Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, excuse me, and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Now I want to stop here right now. This is a pretty marvelous uh, description here. 
And it's certainly a place that we would all want to see one day ourselves. You know, can you imagine, you know, the, the, new, the world as it is now will be passed away. It will be not here. It, it, you know, it won't exist anymore. This world that we know now of aches and pains and mourning and sorrow and crying, these things will one day be wiped away. You know, it says here in verse 4 that he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. It's just like, you know, he will wipe away this old world. This world that we know now, the corrupt world, the, the world that is corrupted by sin. And they will, it, will, it will all be gone because the old order of things will have passed away. Verse 5. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He is going to do it. Can you imagine? You know, there's a lot of beautiful stuff in this world now. You know, the, the nature that we have and all that. It's very beautiful. So, just imagine, for one thing, um, he has declared he will make everything new. The world as it is now, it's been around for thousands of years and it's been subject to decay and corruption and all that. Just imagine what it would look like created brand new without ever feeling the effects of sin and corruption. Pretty pretty awesome to think about. Verse 6. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious, this is key here, those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, so it's the first category here we see, the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, in the King James Version, that's sorcery, the idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. So, the question is, who are the cowardly? In some version, in, in some translations, it's rendered fearful, but it's all the same. Um, you know, it is not a regular fear, like an everyday fear that you might have of, like, saying, "Oh, you you see a car pull out in front of you, or, or something," and you're obviously you're scared of having a collision. You know, you're not scared. It's not a fear of losing somebody. You know, it's not a fear of being sick or anything like that. It's a fear. We will see it is a fear of doing the right thing. It is, you know, I believe if, if you take it in the context of Revelation, which is describing the end times, um, it is people who are afraid to accept Jesus Christ. That would certainly qualify somebody as a coward. If you refuse out of fear to accept Christ, you know, because of persecution of in whatever form, then yes, you are a coward. You are a coward in that case. And we're going to go to uh, very quickly to First John chapter five, and you know we're going to read verse five. Uh, you know, from here. Actually, excuse me, we're going to go to 
start at verse 2 and go to verse 5. By this we know that we love the children of God, and we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep the, his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? So this is what it is meant when... Uh, G the Lord says whoever is victorious will inherit all things we are victorious by the very nature of our faith because through our faith we have crucified the old flesh the, our old man, our old nature it is something that then has lost its uh, absolute power over us we have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us fighting that. We are then in a war against that flesh, the old sinful nature. And so because it no longer has that absolute dominion over us, we have won the victory. We're not condemned with the world at that point because the world at large is a slave, an absolute, total, complete slave to sin because it does not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The world at large is dead. So Satan has his way with these people, with the world at large around us. But because of our faith, the Bible declares, and as we just saw in First John five five, and then I, you know, and then here in Revelation twenty one, whoever has put their faith in Jesus Christ is then a person who has overcome sin. They have overcome the world. And I will read this again. You know, it says that whosoever is victorious, whosoever whoever is victorious, who is overcoming you know in your belief in Jesus Christ is continuous those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children we will inherit all these things that he is making new the new world the new wonderful world the king you know a world that pales you know it, it, it makes this one pale in comparison and there unfortunately will be people and have been people who have lost out on this opportunity because of fear of persecution. I'll just, you know, to give you an example, uh, in the Middle East, in a lot of Middle Eastern countries or in a lot of uh, majority Muslim countries, it is illegal to proselytize. It is against the law. It is a capital crime to convert from Islam to another religion. And so people there have no access, no, re no ready access to the gospel. And even if somebody were to come over there and to preach, you know, and if somebody were to be convicted of their sin and want to convert, they would feel enormous pressure from their society to reject that and stay with Islam. They would be scared because they would essentially have to leave 
everything they've known, everybody in their family would have to be left behind. So that, you know, and for the people who uh, choose to convert to Christ, they, you know, that is something that they would have to deal with. And the, for the people who refuse, they would be an example of the cowards. Because they would be in, in fear of their very lives. They would value their own physical lives more than uh, their relationship with Jesus Christ. And I will go ahead and just make a note right here that uh, all of these categories of sinners that we see here, and there, there are other lists too, as we all know, in other books. It is when somebody dies, you know, when somebody dies outside the grace of God, you know, outside of Christ, that it is at that point then that the Lord looks at them as a liar, an adulterer, a sorcerer, a coward, or whatever the case may be. He sees them as all these things because they're not, you know, because they did not overcome that curse. They did not overcome anything through their faith in Christ because they never, they, they never had faith in Christ. They were out of, they were out, they died outside of grace, and so they would then be consigned to the fiery lake of fire, to the burning lake, uh, you know, excuse me, to the lake of fire. And I know this might be kind of a short uh, episode, you know, but uh, this is, I feel, something that is very important um, that we understand. He's not talking about uh, regular plain fear, you know, it is a fear of identifying with Christ it is a fear of being persecuted it is a fear of dying physically because of your faith in Christ and so I want to I'll just end this here now with a prayer Lord Father if there's anybody here listening to this who uh, is feeling the urge to come to you I pray that they would not let any kind of pressure prevent them from coming to you in saving faith. I pray that they would come to know you as Savior now. And I just pray that anything that would threaten them would, you know, that they would realize that you are greater than those threats. So I just pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.